Good morning. Shabbat shalom. So uh, it's nice to be back. As I mentioned earlier, that uh, my son Gilad and I were in Oregon for the last couple of weeks enjoying vacation. And uh, it's nice to be back. My wife uh, decided not to join us in Oregon, and instead she got to go to Israel for, <laughs> she was there for work. So she was there in meetings, and she was there um, for a conference for FIRM, the Fellowship of Israel-Related Ministries, and she had a fabulous time. She came back on Wednesday, we came back on Thursday, and so it's a nice little reunion we've had the last couple days, um, despite jet lag and unpacking and all of that stuff. So... The last few weeks, if you've been here with us, that we've been going through a series of sermons called the Greater Commission. And Brett and I, as I began this series a few weeks ago, talking about that Brett and I meet almost every single week on Tuesday. And together we've been wrestling through a lot of the things that uh, are coming out in this sermon series. And in fact, even the sermon series itself was birthed out of our meetings together. A Jew and a Gentile, two brothers who are wrestling with difficult discussions that we feel are, revel are relevant not only to us, but within our community. I mentioned that this sermon series is called The Greater Commission. And if you were not here the last couple weeks, first of all, I really encourage you to listen to the sermons because these are fundamental key components to who we are as a community. I know Elizabeth, who usually does all the, the CDs and everything, is on vacation. But when she gets back next week, make sure to get the CDs and we will be posting them, uh, the sermons online on our website as well. So what is this greater commission? To just quickly recap, in Romans 9 through 11, Paul understands the Jewish people's prophetic priority and that reaching Israel will produce something greater. And this something greater is what my friend and colleague, Rabbi Dr. Stuart Dowerman, is called the Greater Commission. In Romans 11, Paul explains that a partial hardening has happened to the Jewish people, to Israel, but that hardening is neither permanent nor final. As such, Paul looks forward to the time in what he calls the fullness of Israel. As Rabbi Dowerman notes, according to Paul's logic, if the fullness of the Gentiles is the Great Commission, then the fullness of Israel, which Paul refers to as greater riches, is rightly termed the Greater Commission. What makes this commission greater is that it brings greater results. If Israel's temporary stumbling results in the reconciliation of the entire world, meaning the fullness of the nations, then what will the fullness of Israel bring if Paul refers to it as greater riches? Paul says this will be like life from the dead. So he says the fullness of nations is a great thing, but he says a greater riches will happen when Israel finally recognizes who the Messiah is, and it says it will be like life from the dead, the resurrection and the ultimate redemption of the entire cosmos. Basically, what God is up to in the world will culminate in two fullnesses, not just one, the fullness of Israel and the fullness of the nations. God is working through redemptive history to bring about the fullness of Israel and the fullness of the nations, and the two must go hand in hand. 
As I mentioned before, God lovingly chose Israel to reach the nations. You understand that the way that this goes together, it's an issue of unity. That God chose Israel because he didn't just care about only Israel. He chose Israel to reach the world. Amen. Amen. Now I got to, not used to the mic down here. Uh, you know, we, um, we were talking about unity. You're going to hear, you're going to hear a common theme uh, through this message. Uh, one being unity and the other one being calling. I want you to remember those two words very carefully because they're going to go hand in hand as we finish, uh, finish up this series. Uh, but as, as far as unity is concerned, we had discussed in Ephesians 3 uh, the, the mystery of the Gentiles. I mean, it's crazy, isn't it, that the, the veil is put across uh, the eyes of Israel and in God's perfect timing allows us Gentiles to know him as he knows Israel. It's mm -hmm. un unbelievable. But what does that mean to us? What, is, what does it mean to be a Gentile in this unification of the body? And I'm going to refer to Ephesians 4, 1, 1 through 6. Therefore, and this is Paul speaking, therefore I, as a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you were called, with complete humility, gentleness, with patience, putting up with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Ruach in the bond of Shalom. There is one body and one spirit just as you were called in one hope of your calling. So one Lord, one faith, one immersion, and one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in you all. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? Where, what does the unity look like when we, as myself as a Gentile, prepare myself to meet with my Jewish brother to wrestle with what we are called to do. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to let Joshua kind of explain that, uh, that calling a little bit as a congregation, Jew and Gentile together. We talked about one God that you just read, one faith, and one purpose. And for us as a Messianic synagogue, we're united by a specific purpose. As a Messianic synagogue, we are united and propelled first and foremost by the Messianic vision. So what is the Messianic vision? As we discussed a few weeks ago, the Messianic vision is the ultimate renewal of all things, which will ultimately come about through the, rest, the spiritual restoration of the Jewish people. And this is not only for Israel's sake, but for the sake of the entirety of creation and for all the nations of the world. According to scripture, God focuses on Israel in order to reach the world. The Jewish people were not chosen to be better or worse than everyone else, but were made a priority so that all will be redeemed. And the issue of Israel's priority is repeated over and over throughout Scripture. And this was covered, uh, we gave references and all the scriptural support for this over the last couple weeks. In Paul's letter to the Romans, for example, Paul prioritizes reaching the Jewish people because Paul understands that the priority of Israel ultimately leads to the redemption of the world. And this messianic vision is ultimately a pattern for all, for Jews and Gentiles, which is why there is something else we need to discuss and what the apostle Paul calls the mystery of Messiah. 
So we have the messianic vision, but a part of the messianic vision of reaching Israel is this mystery that Paul calls the mystery of Messiah. Yeah, and, and like I said, how crazy is it that God sets aside his own people, his own chosen, so that the Gentiles, the nations, may know him. Uh, I'm going to go back to Ephesians 3, 4 through 6, where he says, when you read this, you can understand my insights to the mystery of Messiah, that Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers. Remember that, fellow partakers in the promise in Yeshua the Messiah through the gospel in which we know. So both Joshua and I talked about the grafting in. You know, and, and it is, it's, you know, branches were broken off that the Gentiles might be grafted in. Interestingly enough, and I didn't even have this in my notes, Melanie's reading her garden journal this morning. <laughs> and, and I'm going this, to, this was, this is God, let me tell you what. It, it, she's reading, and what, hap, what it happens to be about is grafting plants to this morning's garden. Which is Romans 11, Which right? is Romans grafting. 11. So grafting is the process of connecting two different plants so they grow as one. The advantage of grafting includes combining attributes of one that don't naturally occur in the other. For instance, you know, flavorful fruit that can be enhanced by a disease-resistant uh, root or a dwarf plant or something like that. All grafts become flowering fruit, the top part of that plant. But noted that the, the growing part of the, the, the root is the what sustains and nourishes it. They mm -hmm. work together for the common good. So I'm going to speak to the Gentiles here. Gentiles, you're grafted in. What's your fruit look like? You are, you are now being supplied by the nourishment of the, of, the cho of the chosen people of God and God himself who chose them. So what are we doing? Is our blessing of fruit impacting uh, our brothers and sisters in the Jewish faith? In my sermon a couple weeks ago, I shared that when I was living in Hungary, uh, we were visited by Rabbi Michael Wolf, who lives in Cincinnati. And when he was speaking to the congregation, he said something that always has stuck with me. And he said, a visitor to a Messianic Jewish congregation cannot dictate the vision. They must catch it. That it's a calling. We're not just a generic sort of spiritual community. As a synagogue, we have a specific purpose and a specific mission to accomplish. We must exist as a house of worship where the messianic vision can be embodied and lived out. As a synagogue, our priority is reaching the Jewish people in fulfillment of a greater commission. We ultimately exist to be a spiritual home where the Jewish people who have found Messiah can be nurtured and discipled and provide a safe place for those who are not yet believers in Yeshua to explore that faith. But I want to emphasize that we are indeed a home for Jews and Gentiles. But Gentiles within a, mess a Messianic congregation must understand and self-sacrifice for the Messianic vision. They must be called to labor along with us toward the fullness of Israel. This is not about egos or making people feel displaced, but rather empowered to support who we are and what we're about. This is why we do not shy away from our purpose, which is to see all Israel saved. And if you resonate with that purpose, if that vision burns within you, regardless of your background, you are welcome to partner with us to see that happen. 
Because God loves the world, Gentiles and all of creation, God chose the Jewish people to be his vehicle for world redemption. God lovingly chose Israel to reach the nations. And that is why we boldly proclaim Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the good news, since it is God's powerful means of bringing salvation to everyone who keeps on believing, to the Jew first, but equally to the Gentile. As a Messianic synagogue, we exist to the Jew first. It's not that we don't also want to see the whole world come to know him, but we also know that we're uniquely equipped to reach the Jewish people. And by reaching Israel, we know that then God will take care of the rest and reach the entire world. You know, when you think about this, we have two, we have two distinct peoples in this, in, in this synagogue, in this, very, in this very building. One calling. Mm-hmm. Two distinct people, one calling. As Gentiles in, in a Jewish messianic synagogue, we really need to be aware of how we've been called to the Jewish culture, the Jewish people. And that is, that is our, our role here, is to be an embracing, understanding, and, and helpful uh, people to, the Jewish, to, to our Jewish community. Um, you know, the revelation of the Gentiles becoming uh, part of, this, of, of, of God's great plan is, is staggering. You know, we cannot, we cannot fathom why he has done this, but mm-hmm. he has. He has. So how do we, as Gentiles, work together with a common bond and a common purpose as we both agree, Jew and Gentile together in Romans 10.1, that Paul's deepest desire was to see Israel saved. So we do, re- we do wrestle about these things. And, and <laughs> oh boy, do we ever. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had my share of wrestling, too. Uh, as a matter of fact, even before we started to set up this, uh, this series, I was wrestling with some very needed um, uh, challenges, understanding that I needed from God. But the thing was, is who did I wrestle with? And that's my question to you. Who are you wrestling these things with? Uh, do you have a partner that you can wrestle with? Do you have someone that you can share your deepest and emotion, your darkest emotional secrets? But you know what? We all have the same, uh, the same one that we can wrestle with, and that is our Lord. It says in Colossians 3, 1 and 2, Therefore, if you have been raised with, up with Messiah, keep seeking the things which are above. Where Messiah is, sitting at the right hand of God, focus your mind on these things above and not the things on the earth. See, we can wrestle these things, you know, as, as human beings together, but if, if, if Rabbi and I weren't of one purpose, and we weren't vertically, uh, if we were not vertically together, the horizontal doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We have to be vertically committed to each other and vertically committed to the Lord in purpose and in oneness, in, in echad. So that's, and, and again, that's, that's what I, f- I really truly believe. Gentiles, we have to understand that this is our purpose, is to, become a lo- to come alongside our Jewish brothers and sisters. So Paul makes very clear in Romans 11 that the role of Israel, I mean, the role of the nations is what? To provoke Israel to jealousy. Mm-hmm. Now, there are different ways that people do that. And I just want to emphasize this, even though this wasn't in our notes, is that this is a calling. And not all Gentiles are called to sojourn among the Jewish people in the kind of way that we do here and, in, and within the Messianic Jewish community around the world. And that's okay. 
We're not judgmental. And this isn't about, uh, you know, if you're here because you do have like a very anti-church position, this is maybe, we don't necessarily share those same views. Instead, we view ourselves working along with the entire body of Messiah to accomplish the purposes of heaven, right? Does that mean everybody has it all perfect? No, it's not what we're saying. But instead, we realize that God has given pieces of the puzzle, and we're just a piece of the puzzle up within a greater work that God is doing. And so if you don't feel like you fit in this particular piece, that's okay. Or are you, if you're struggling with this particular piece, that's also okay. If you're, if you're wrestling <laughs> with, with yeah, and also if you're wrestling with what we're talking about, that doesn't necessarily mean you don't belong here. It just means you're wrestling along with us. We're obviously committed, yeah, obviously. but we've been wrestling with this together. What does this look like and what is God doing? And what does not our feelings say, but what does scripture say about what mm -hmm. God wants to do? Exactly. Because you'll notice that everything we're doing is talking about what does scripture say about these things? This isn't about our opinions. This isn't about our emotions, as difficult as sometimes that is. It's about what does God want to do in the earth? And there's so much that happens in which people throw around verses and try to fit their ideology. Instead, I would rather say, God, what is your ideology that we need to fit into? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we talk about calling, and, you know, and Rabbi says it very eloquently. I mean, this is not a place for the disenfranchised, you know, with... You know, I, I didn't fit in there. I didn't fit in there. You will know if you fit in here. <laughs> you will. You know, I remember when my wife uh, dragged me kicking and screaming to my very first um, Shavuot uh, three years ago at the, uh, the park in Camarillo. I've never looked back. I've never looked back. One thing I do want to back up with here real quick, though, is um, the Diaz family. When we talk about grafting in, sometimes mm. branches are removed. And sometimes they're replanted and grafted for a greater purpose. And I, wanted, I want you both to know that that's how we, we feel about what's happening with you. This is not a sad thing. This, we, should be, we should be joyful over the fact that now this fruitful branch is being grafted into a new community to where they can reach out and, be a, and just be committed to, uh, to the people that they are around, but also be the blessing that we know and loved you know, f with them here over the years. Thank you, Diaz family. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, <laughs> we'll have you know, if, say, I could if I could figure out how to keep you here, I would, you know, but I can't. Well, I have a colleague, so you can That's right. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, I'll tell you what we, um, we we do want to we do want to keep this as 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 brief as possible. What we I think both Joshua and I really wanted to uh, make uh, a point of here is, you know, Joshua looked at uh, Romans ten and eleven from a uh, from a rabbinical perspective, from from what it looks like uh, as a Jew, as as a Jewish person who is in love with Messiah, uh, and then my whole goal was to say, you know what, I I came to know Jesus. And it's okay to say his name. It's okay. You know, we say Yeshua, and that's okay too. Mm -hmm. But it's the, same, it's the same God who is in all and through all and in you all. Mm -hmm. So what does unity of the body really mean? Can we, as a unified body, find the common bonds and the commonality that we have that's going to move this, this congregation, this synagogue forward, 
for the future, to reach out to our Jewish brothers and sisters who do not know Yeshua. And I'm going to uh, close this part of it with continuing with Colossians, um, starting with uh, verse 12 in chapter 3. And please bear these words because this is, this is coming from my heart as well as God's. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with tender compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord pardoned you, you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfect harmony. And let the shalom of Messiah rule in your hearts. To this shalom you are surely called in one body. Also be thankful. Let the word of Messiah dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another with wisdom and psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of Yeshua, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Those are powerful words that Paul writes to the community in Colossus, which is relevant to us today. That as a community, as we're wrestling with difficult questions and difficult discussions, that we need to keep that in mind. You know, it's interesting that one of the things that uh, when Brett and I were meeting yesterday to, to kind of go over and outline what we were going to talk about today, we actually talked about the fact that you know, in looking at that passage from Ephesians 3, in which, um, which Paul writes that there is this mystery of Messiah, that's what he calls it, that the Gentiles, who normally under, you know, most people's assumptions should not be included in the people of God, are included in the people of God. This is a mystery of Messiah. And it's not for us to understand, it's for him. And so, the apostles clearly understood the Gentiles would be full participants within this form of Judaism that they were practicing. But what that looked like, we don't know. Because it kind of got derailed <laughs> over the last 1,800 years. And so we now have this responsibility to pick up where they left off to wrestle with these things. Do we have it figured out? No. Have people's feelings and, uh, and have people been hurt? Yes. And this is why it is so important that we love one another through it. That if you're committed to walk through this with us, we can only do it together. But we also need love. <laughs> we need patience. We need long-suffering. Because I'm going to say things that hurt you, Brett. You're going to say things that are just going to... I can't say it yet, in but. synagogue on Shabbat. <laughs> but, um, you know, but, and we're all going to do that. Yeah. But you know what scripture says? Rather than huffing and puffing off, Matthew 18 says we go to our brother who has wronged us or we go to our sister who has wronged us and we say, you know what? I was really hurt by what you said. And there's a process for that, right? I know it's hard to do. None of us like that kind of confrontation. But healthy confrontation produces healthy results. And I want to um, mention a verse that... Um 
has been part of my life for 25 years, knowing Yeshua, and it's Acts 20, 24. Hmm. But none of these things move me, nor do I even count my own life as dear to myself, that I might finish my race with joy. And the ministry that I've received from the Lord Jesus, I'm doing this from the new king, by the way, this is how I mm -hmm. learned, is to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Mm -hmm. So I've been called to testify to his grace, not to the Gentiles, not to the Jews, but to all. I think Rabbi has this, the, the, same, the same feeling. We are, we are committed as two brothers to be responsible for proclaiming the grace of God. To all. To yeah. all. And starting with Israel. <laughs> starting with Israel. <laughs> and then to, to and the then nations we'll be, as yeah. well. Because um, the veil will be removed. Mm -hmm. And will we be ready? And it, it will be, but it's in God's timing. Yeah. When the fullness of the nations has come in, then God will remove that veil, which, as I talked about before, in the Greek is very clear. It's only temporary and it's only partial. It doesn't mean God rejected the Jewish people. It says there was a blindness in regard to the, who Messiah is. And it says this veil is only partial. It's not complete, and it's only temporary. Yeah. And when God removes that, Paul writes, it will be like life from the dead. Yeah. That will usher in the final days, and we will see the return of Mashiach in the Messianic age, a time that we cannot even begin to imagine how wonderful will be, the renewal of the cosmos. I want to invite you to stand. Hmm. And... I don't know what you feel God is doing in you or through you. But I want, to, I want to invite you that if you resonate, even if you're wrestling with it, if you resonate with what we're talking about, actually, it's not what we're talking about. We're just conveying what Scripture is talking about. <laughs> of God's choosing Israel as his divinely elect people, but that through Israel, the whole world would come to know Yeshua that there's this shared sense of mutual blessing, that together in partnership, the people of God, all the people of God, have a role to play in Messiah's return. And that will only happen when all the pieces of the puzzle are in place. If you resonate with that, I encourage you, if you would like to, you're, feel free to either lock arms or join hands with somebody next to you. As we pray to you, you don't have to do it, but if you feel like you would like to do that in this sense of unity for us as a body, again, regardless of whether you're Jewish or not Jewish, if you resonate with the messianic vision, that's what unites us and drives us as a community. That's what gives us purpose and inspires us. And together, Brett and I are going to pray. So feel free to jump in anytime. Avinu Shabashamayim, our Father in heaven. God, I pray that just as you unite brothers, <laughs> behold how good and wonderful, how beautiful it is for us to dwell together in unity. May that same unity that binds us together and that bound the earliest disciples together and bound the Israelites together in the wilderness and in our land, may that same unity where you said, God, you and the Father are one, and that you prayed that we would be one, hmm. just as you are one. 
May that unity happen within us. Yes. God, help us together to wrestle with the hard questions. Help us as a community to be willing to put aside our own agendas to serve your agenda. Thank you, God. In the name of Yeshua. And Thank Father you. God, we are a grateful people that you have chosen us. Thank you, God. We thank you that, you know, we are a needy people, full of doubt and indecision, and yet you love us so much. Yes, Lord. Thank you. You God. give us the wisdom when we ask for it. And Father, I ask now that a wisdom that is far surpassing any understanding that we can ever imagine or hope for is laid upon this congregation and how we will be able to move forward as one in a chad, oneness together as one body. Yes, Lord, Thank two you. distinct people, but one body and one purpose. And yes. we thank you, Yeshua, for all these wonderful things that you have brought together for us. In the name of Yeshua. Yes, Lord. I, I know this sounds really cheesy, and I know this sounds very campy, but let's sing Hine Matovu Manai. Hine Matovu Manaiim Shevetachim Gam Yachad Hine Matovu Manaiim Shevetachim Gam Yachad Hine Matov Shevet Achim Gam Yachad Hine Matov Shevet Achim Gam Behold how good and how pleasant it is For brothers to dwell together Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers and sisters to dwell together <laughs> in unity, to dwell in unity. La la la, la 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 la. In unity, in unity. La la la, la 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 la. Hine matovu manayim shevetachim gam yachad. Hine matovu manayim shevetachim gam yachad. La 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 la. <laughs> Woohoo! As he says, hoorah! Hoorah! <laughs> hoorah! <laughs> All right, so go ahead and have a seat uh, because we're going to switch gears here a little bit. And so if you have your. Um,